With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week when Steve Bruce used his first Saturday afternoon off in about 40 years to put aside all thoughts of human rights abuses, people in Arab dress, sports washing and being dismissed by watching England play cricket in Dubai. (laughs) It was also a week in which Jeff Stelling, the host of Soccer Saturday, announced that this would be his last season hosting the much-copied show. So you could say, (laughs) the countdown is on. Don't know what he will do next, but I hope he hasn't any thoughts of an acting career after seeing his surprisingly unconvincing performances in Ted Lasso in the role of Jeff Stelling, the host of Soccer Saturday. And also, the Queen was told to rest for two weeks, meaning she will be unavailable for England's games against Albania and San Marino. And also, (laughs) Germany's games against Liechtenstein and (laughs) Armenia. And speaking of Ted Lasso, as I was, uh, the Emmy award-winning show about the hapless American manager of a Premier League club, you'll remember Mitt Romney, the first man named after an article of winter clothing to run for US president since (laughs) Snood Jackson in the 1860s. Well, he dressed up as Ted Lasso for Halloween. What? So so maybe football will take off over there after all one day. And meanwhile, Boris Johnson dressed up for Halloween as the scarecrow out of The Wizard of Oz being played by Roy Hattersley, and nobody noticed. (laughs) Excellent. And you remember back in the summer when we started this, we were talking about the Olympics and about Mm. a story in which a German coach of an athlete in the modern pentathlon had punched a horse. Oh, yes. And how the radio reporter pronounced his name, Karl Reiser, like he was a war criminal. (laughs) Yes. Well, this week, there's a story about how, as a result of the Karl Reiser incident, the modern pentathlon is planning to drop the horse riding element altogether, which I guess will make it an even more modern tetrathlon. 
But so Karl Reiser has actually destroyed not only his reputation, but also his entire sport. Yes. So uh, one for the CV there, going yeah. forward. <laughs> you should, the, the, the horses themselves shouldn't be blamed, should they? Should, they're missing they're out. Punished. They're missing out on the big stage. Yeah, well, one of them misbehaved, but the, the, the rest of them shouldn't carry the can. No. No, exactly. Anyway, before we check out the cut crystal champagne glasses on the luxury yachts of the EPL, let's take a quick moment to grab a paper cup to bail out the punctured dinghy that is the very bottom of the EFL, where it's very close, if not exactly all that exciting. Oldham lost at home again, it's kind of our thing, and slipped from 21st back down to 22nd mm-hmm. in the table, so this season not so much a roller coaster ride, more a trip on the Romney Hyden Dimchurch Light Railway. No thrills, definitely no spills, and you can go on it right after eating a large lunch. In fact, that's actually recommended, as there's a chance you might fall asleep and miss the whole thing. Two mentions of Romney in the same episode. Very good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, our next six games feature the current top four, as well as a dispiriting cup exit away at Ipswich. I'm sorry, I mean a potential giant killing, don't I? I mean, magic of the cup, lucky cup hat, all that. Uh, So there's a strong feeling that the slow slide back to the bottom rung may be inevitable. Of the other teams trapped in the mire, Scunthorpe United have blinked first and sacked manager Neil Cox, leaving the rest of us gloomily anticipating some sort of new manager bounce while we continue our old manager spiral down the shitter. We need to look at that new manager bounce thing, don't we, really? Because I'm I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. (laughs) And also, I don't want you to hang on to all the misery because Stoke on Saturday... Having gone into a 3 0 lead, which yes, was fantastic, that. conceded three goals in five minutes to the unformed team of the time, <laughs> Cardiff, <laughs> who, and, and drew three all. Who were having a new manager bounce, or a, a caretaker manager bounce. Yeah, well, the, fir- the first half was very much Mick McCarthy's. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, they've forgotten him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I gather from an email someone sent us that we might actually have a Scunthorpe fan tuning in, so, you know, welcome. Uh, do people tune in? Uh, with a dial made out of Bakelite. I don't, really I don't think they've tuned in since the 60s, have they? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, Oldham are struggling with about a dozen players currently out injured. It's debatable whether any of them will make much of a difference, but you never know, do you? So imagine the excitement when the club tweeted out before the Swindon game last Saturday, he's back! Exclamation mark. Who could it be? What brand of saviour is galloping over the horizon? Maybe even one of those improbably rapid changes of manager. Or, new manager bounce. Or Andy Ritchie. Or Andy Ritchie. No, it was Chaddy the Owl, the bloke in the mascot costume. He's back. No exclamation mark. Chaddy the Owl was sacked previously for budgetary reasons. And the announcement at the time said rather bizarrely that he was being found work elsewhere in the organisation. <laughs> 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 I imagined him squatting in the rafters of the main stand scaring pigeons and small rodents. And just to the, say, I suppose, small people dressed as rodents. Yeah, and is the excitement that you might be able to look at the owl pellets and find points inside them? <laughs> <laughs> points that would count towards the club bingo. Uh, I was reminded this week also, because Stoke played Blackpool um, away and won. And, and won, I, yeah. I was reminded of, of a fact that, that, that I had known, and somehow it had slipped out of my head, along with how to spell anything, um, that <laughs> in 1948... Stoke played at Blackpool mm. with a team called the £10 team, of which 10 players were born within two miles of each other in Stoke. Uh-huh. And the 11th player, who was Frank Manford, was always treated as the outsider because he was born in Doncaster and moved to Stoke when he was three. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in Stoke, not just the five towns, actually. The two yeah, Stoke. Well, from Stoke, probably to Handley. I mean, to, mm. to be fair, the five towns are very near each other. They are very oh, nature, yes. though. I just, I just wondered whether, yes, they, and also, whether there are, distinctions were made. And also there are six of them. Are there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hanley, Hanley, Burslem, Tunstall, Fenton, Longton, Stoke. OK. 
That's just... a song I tried to get going once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, um, there have been times when I rather liked Chaddy the Owl. He always used to win the mascot races, for one thing, because the club were too stingy to spring for actual character feet for the costume, so he was able to run in trainers with spikes. Oh, fantastic. All the others were flapping along in giant foam paws or claws or fins, and he, he just used to smoke them every time. Yeah. And there was one time when I took my small, you know, at the time, small sons to a night game against Wrexham in the auto glass or oh, similar shield such a or, good father. or cup or trophy. <laughs> and they were greatly enjoying Chaddy's capering. And at, and at one point, naturally, we went 5-1 down at home. And Chaddy was on his knees in front of us, banging his great big owl head on the advertising hoardings, which was frankly just a hilarious thing. Yeah. To do, do you remember that game, um, Bristol City versus Wolves? Yeah. When Wolfie the Wolf had a fight with the Robin. No, he tried to beat up Bristol City's three little pigs. Oh, they which thought, is fantastic. Oh, they, they had why three did, little pigs. But why? But for for some one-off occasion. Because oh. this this is a thing that happens in mascot world. I went to a game at Walsall once and saw a really odd-shaped mascot approaching down the touchline, sort of brown and vaguely flesh-coloured, and looked a bit like a saddle. Because they're, they're, uh, there's a saddle. Yeah, the yes. saddlers, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so yeah. I thought, this is a saddle. And as it got closer, it seemed to have, like... Uh, inexplicably, a few black, wiry whiskers sticking out of it. Okay. And when it came right up close and you could read what was on its big shirt, <laughs> I realised it wasn't a saddle, it was a pair of upside-down testicles <laughs> intended to promote testicular cancer awareness day. Hell of a job for someone. They yeah, get absolutely. Some good day at the football, dear. I don't yeah. want to talk about but, it. Do you imagine, <laughs> you imagine that, they, that they haven't told him he's coming? He said, I'm ready to put the saddle on. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's going to be annoying. No, no, we, uh, no, there's something we should have said before, yeah. actually. It's, it's a saddle, is it? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> anyway, so it was a weekend of unexpected results last time out. Manchester City undone by Crystal Palace. Yes. After build-up in which it seemed like Guardiola wanted to marry Patrick Vieira and tatted him as his replacement one day. Maybe he wants to go sooner than we thought. Yeah. Um, Palace have looked good, I think, in recent weeks, and they've drawn some games that they should have won. I guess we'll talk about them a little bit later, but uh, they would have have been in a more representative position in the table if they'd won some of their drawn games, I think. Mm Conor Gallagher looks particularly good. He's a very good player. I remember him playing for Charlton, actually. I think he was on loan from Chelsea, and of course at West Brom. He he, he looks, and I know this would be a daft thing to say, he looks really fit, doesn't he? He he just runs about a lot. He's got a lot of energy, that's for sure. And it's at long last possible to see the point of Christian Benteke, I think. Yeah. And, and as quite often happens, City got rattled by going behind and had Eric Laporte sent off, didn't they? The, the top teams have such a sense of entitlement that when the wheels come off, it's quite likely they make things worse by lashing out. And look at United last week. Pogba went, Ronaldo should have gone. They're so entitled to win those games yeah. that, that yes. something goes in yeah. their heads. They know? get a bit like, like a, a, a small child at their birthday party, crying and screaming because <laughs> they haven't got the presents that they expected. Yeah, exactly. Now, Liverpool had an unexpected uh, setback as well, went two up and cruising against Brighton, had a third disallowed mm-hmm. for an accidental handball and then pegged back to 2-2 by a couple of really good goals. And um, Graham Potter, Stokes Graham Potter, exactly. then immediately touted as a possible Newcastle oh, manager. Oh, just ta- Immediately. Well, and, and England manager and too. England manager, um, yeah. These things happen all the time. My favourite thing last weekend, because I did spend the weekend actually watching nearly all of the live football, <laughs> um, apart from when I went to Stoke, obviously. Yeah, um, but was, now you can say it's your job. Was the phrase, when <laughs> Norwich played Leeds, did they not? Yeah. And uh, was the phrase from the commentator, and a great game this, a game full of history, two of the fans founder members of the league. Oh, shut up. Yes. <laughs> and he meant the Premier League. Of course he did. Not imbued with history at all, Norwich <sighs> v Leeds. 
very annoying. Anyway, talking about Graham Potter being a possible Newcastle manager, Newcastle, not so much of a surprise this one, unless you expected the Saudi money to have an immediate effect, went down 3-0 to Chelsea in a game that featured a couple of really great Thunderbolt goals from Rhys James, who was then touted as England's best right-back until Trent Alexander-Arnold set up two goals for Liverpool on Wednesday. And Gareth Southgate said... Did you see Kieran Trippier though? He did. He did quite a good pass right at the beginning of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that? That's so funny because it's that idea that people, that certainly journalists, can't think beyond five minutes after what, yeah, yeah. what's happened. Yeah, yeah. And once, when I, long time ago, um, when uh, I went to see a Stoke game, and in the programme it had a, the kid who was the who was the mascot or ball boy or whatever he mm. was, and he was asked for his favourite Stoke player, and he chose Paul Barron. Right, who only ever played one game for us, <laughs> and it was the previous game, and he kept a clean game. sheet. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was great. Way. That is. Now, Newcastle, of course, have been turned down by Antonio Conte and Unai Emery, yes. who uh, quite reasonably took a look at their, plea, their, their plan to be in the uh, Champions League in five years and thought, but I, I, I'm in the Champions League now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. playing Manchester United the week after next, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Did you see that, 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 that he, his official comment was that uh, he's 100% committed to Villarreal, but he's grateful for the interest of a great club and then obviously leaked through Guillaume <laughs> Balagwe um, he said he was uncertain about the club's strategy he thought they showed a lack of vision their rushed approach was insulting and there was no <laughs> actual offer but the club seemed to be announcing that he'd already, that he'd already accepted yeah, yeah. whatever they hadn't yeah. offered him yet which, which was great except yeah. wouldn't it be nice if there'd been a moral element to it there's ne- <laughs> n- again never a blinking moral element you're no, a dreamer no. yeah, the yeah, press and the pundits had their manager bloodlust up uh, also when uh, Man United faced Spurs a week after being taken apart by Liverpool. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seemed to have three games to save his job and this was the first of them. In the event there was a three-named managerial casualty as a result of this game but it was the other bloke. Spurs lost 3-0 without getting a shot on target. Harry Kane got booed. Nuno Espiritu Santu heard chance of you don't know what you're doing and just a few hours later he was gone. 17 games he lasted. Top yep. of the table, manager of the month in August, gone at the start of November. Ten league games, though, you know, and after ten league yeah. games, three managers have been sacked and another five have been, you know, touted very heavily, very heavily for the yeah. sack. And the thing about about uh, Nuno is that he delivered exactly what he did for Wolves. Mm. There, there was no sense in which he changed his approach. They no. just hadn't done the due diligence. It, it was like buying a fridge and then complaining you can't grill bacon in it. It, <laughs> it. Just It was a ridiculous thing. And Spurs have already gone out and got Antonio Conte, who was the bloke they wanted in the first place. Yes, well, they'd, they'd been turned down a lot, hadn't they, in the summer? They were turned down by Fonseca and Pochettino Tio, could come back. And, and how? I think. And Gattuso, I Yes, think. that's right. In fact, Bruno Brooks was briefly the favourite, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Bruno Brooks. Uh, Bruno Brooks isn't available. Then you stunk. You really are in trouble. Yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of. A, he, he was supposed to be um, hanging on for the United job. What Bruno Brooks? No, no, yes, <laughs> that's right. No, Antonio Conte was supposed to be hanging on for the United job, but then United beat Spurs, and he thought. You know, you've got to see more than a couple of weeks ahead. Solskjaer's going to go next week, isn't he? When City tanked them eight nil. Well, we don't know. I mean, to be fair, I, I this pro, this this podcast, I should say, is all about not kowtowing to the big clubs. Isn't it? You know, we don't we don't want to do what they tell us to do. We don't want to expect what they expect. Um, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to cave in today. Yeah. I'm going to call me weak. 
I, but I am going to do exactly what Ole Ladinar Gunnar Solskjaer has told me to do. He said, uh, I've always enjoyed criticism. Keep that coming. That's fine. So I'll do that. Um, I'm, you know, call me weak, but I'm doing yeah, it. That's pretty weak, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now, the, the idea that um, the Spurs would sack the manager after losing at home to United is a, is a huge put-down for United, which I quite like. That they were so bad the week before that the idea of losing to that pile of crap was more than Spurs could stand. And that used to be an Oldham thing a few years ago. We'd beat someone, and next thing you knew, the other team had sacked the boss as though losing to Oldham was just the, yeah, yeah, just the fucking yes, limit. Yeah. Anyway, United's defence looked a lot sounder, didn't they, with Raphael Varane back, and then he got injured and is out for a month. Yeah. So you wonder whether that might be it, don't you, for Solskjaer? Well, they, they, they got lucky again. In the, Well, I say lucky. They, you know, they, they got away with it at Villarreal, didn't they? they, they, they again, yeah, another yeah, yeah. last-minute goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, got, got them a draw after Villarreal should have won at mm. Old Trafford. And, you, yeah, you do wonder. I mean, that's, somebody said this a couple of weeks ago, is that, you know, yes, they win at Spurs, but then the next time they don't do it well, he's right back where yeah, he was. Right before. But that, as you say, the, 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 the press aren't looking more than like two or three days well, that's either right. side. Yes. Yeah, anyway, yeah. The weekend was also notable for West Ham sneaking level with Manchester City into the top four after beating Aston Villa in the David Cameron derby. You remember that David Cameron was apparently a Villa fan to yep. suck up to Prince William, most likely. But then in a speech, seemed to support West Ham. And it was a speechwriter's fault, I think. I yeah. just forgot which team. I just knew the shirts were the same colour as his fuckwit face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but also, in, you know, in, in, the, in the cause of political balance, we should also say <laughs> that uh, Tony Blair had claimed to have seen Jackie Milburn play for Newcastle. And I took the piss out of Roy Hattley earlier on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, yeah. very, the most balanced political joke ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly, though, while everyone has been banging on about the top three and how they're miles ahead of everyone else, the Hammers have been keeping pace. Fantastic. Their best top flight unbeaten run for 35 years. Since the start of uh, this calendar year, only City and Chelsea have taken more points. And even though there have been attempts to explain this by pointing out the fact that they score more goals from set pieces than anyone else, having Suchek and Zuma and Dawson and Ogbonna and Antonio who are all really good at them, West Ham have been playing some really good stuff. Absolutely. And you know what? That, that's something else. I mean, obviously nearly everything drives me mad but what you get is you know West Ham well they scored a lot of their goals from set pieces Arsenal scored most of their goals from set pieces they've added that to their game and that's what they've been missing it's a completely the yeah, opposite well, it's just it. another dimension to to what you could what you can do how you can win a game I mean David Moyes has worked wonders hasn't he and he knows what he's doing obviously you know the Europa League game this week was his 1000th in yeah. management so he's now only 602 behind Neil Warnock mm. and it's a bit late for this year but if you're looking for a Halloween mask for next year, I urge you to check out a David Moyes bubblegum card from the 70s. Just Google David Moyes Dunfermline. That'll come is up, it, is it the, as will your lunch. Is it the big ginger um, um, sort of... Uh, uh what would you call it, beehive? Trust me, when you see this, you won't be looking at his hair. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> OK. Anyway, so West Ham are apparently in, in talks to sell a 27% stake to Czech billionaire Daniel Kratinsky for £150 million. And he's made a pile buying up unwanted coal and gas-fired power stations, betting against the trend towards environmentalism. Um, still, at least he doesn't seem to have had anyone killed. Sorry, against the trend towards... Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when you said Czech billionaire, I thought he was like De La Rue and made checks. But there you go. Oh, oh no, 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 no. And maybe they'll get a Czech bounce. What do you think? I'm hey. not even going to go and join you. No, with that. no, exactly. 
Well, apparently he owns Slavia Prague, where West Ham got Suchek and Sufal from. Uh-huh. And this could be, you see, a prelude to a full takeover, but that won't happen yet yep. on account of something called the anti-embarrassment clause. Do you know about this? Uh, when no, David, but I'd when, like to yes, exactly. invoke it in my own life. Exactly. <laughs> when It's such a bonus to have such a thing. But when David Sullivan took an, on a 99-year lease for the Olympic Stadium, at bargain basement rates to save the government's blushes over what seemed like it might become an embarrassing white elephant. There was a clause inserted which said that 20% of any future profit on selling the club would go to the taxpayer to, for the stadium. And the anti-embarrassment clause expires in March 2023, after which Sullivan and David Gold can keep all the profit if they sell up. Oh, that's so fantastic. So Kretinsky will have to wait. And just on the subject of managers being sacked, <laughs> I, th- I don't feel so sorry for them. Having read about, did you read about Maurizio Romero in the Argentinian third division, who's the manager of Ferro uh, de General Pico, uh, who lost three one to Huracan, and with ten minutes to go, there was a pe- pitch invasion, and a fan shot him. <laughs> They shot him. But, oh. the, but what I love about it was he was shot in the armpit, which makes me think either, one, he had his hands up, or two, he was starting the Mexican wave. And <laughs> in therefore, case, you'd have shot him. <laughs> justifiable. Entirely justifiable. And finally, on managers, I just want to say, you know, Newcastle, if you think that Eddie Howe is going to change your club, this is purely, uh, well, it's not purely my opinion, but, it, you know, mm, this is mm. a purely personal opinion, but I have a feeling that other people will say the same. The reason people think that Eddie Howe plays attractive attacking football is because Eddie Howe says so. That's, <laughs> that is the only reason. I have been looking this up and you're know, trawling the internet, which is not something I find very easy, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, a lot of people agree with me. The worst time-wasting bugger in the world. That Bournemouth side were just painful and still are under Scott Parker, I have oh, to say. So, so that's an awful thing. Um, I think mm-hmm. we're going to have a little break. No, no, we're going one more. Um, oh, you know, we, talking I about save this. No, 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 we're talking about um, Kretinsky having his uh, coal-fired power stations and gas-fired oh, power yes, stations yes, yes. and being um, environmentally, what's the word, unfriendly. Yes. Um, this last weekend in Glasgow, 120 world leaders assembled for the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Conference. It's known as COP26 because it's the 26th time they've done it. And the COP stands for Conference of Parties, which is terrible, That's terribly weak, rubbish, isn't, it? isn't it? But the alternative was unfuckable. But anyway, the most famous and substantive of these uh, these conferences resulted in the Paris Accord of 2015, the agreement that Trump pulled America out of as his first order of business when he was elected, because it was a thing that Barack Obama liked. And uh, climate change activist Greta Thunberg described the whole thing in three words, all of which were blah. (laughs) She's right, of course, it's just a big talking shop. But the one big announcement they managed to make was an agreement to significantly reduce methane emissions, which are the most damaging ones, apparently, by 2030, which is great, except that Russia and China weren't there. So it's a bit like the bloke from the Neighbourhood Watch saying, good news, we've got everyone on the street to agree to stop nicking cars, apart from Gary the Getaway Driver and Nicolas Cage out of Gone in 60 Seconds. (laughs) But the other thing, which is of interest to us... Is called the Race to Zero, not a summary of Oldham's current business plan, a set of climate change targets, which FIFA have signed up to, unbelievably. And that's the easiest bit, isn't it? Agreeing targets, doing anything at all about hitting them, that's another matter. The Premier League signed up to, by the way, and the Olympics and Formula E, not Formula One, because in order for them to take part, they'd have to actually become Formula E racing Priuses around Battersea Park. Mm -hmm. But, of course, football doesn't actually produce any greenhouse gases as an industrial 
byproduct, except when Gary Neville is talking. And 70% of football's carbon footprint is caused by fans' travel, by planes and trains and automobiles. So if football as a whole is going to contribute to the race to zero at all, they have to either ban away fans from travelling or reduce the number of games and the distances involved. And they're not going to do that, are they? No, they're not. They're you can not. see. I mean, FIFA's next World Cup is uh, covers the whole of the North American continent and involves 48 teams instead of 32. So loads more flights, loads more longer flights, loads more emissions. And not only that, they want to do it every two years, which will double them, won't it? Yeah. And UEFA the same, just revamping the Champions League and increasing it by 87.5%. That's right, 180 games instead of 96. I think this is a subject we're going to have to come back to. I think so, yeah. I uh, mean, this whole thing is football being it's so inordinately proud of its, of its influence on yeah. global opinion. And, is, and uh, so it's using, it, it's using this to... to clean its brand. It's called greenwashing. Yeah, yeah. Paying lip service to principles to spruce up your brand. And it also means you can have a list of four, which are China, Russia, FIFA and UEFA. <laughs> Basically. Uh, there's one thing I did notice, which which uh, was rather wonderful. One of the big, big um, environmental campaigners is Hal robson Carnu yes, of yes. West Bromwich Albion and Wales, um, which is brilliant. And he's very engaged and he clearly, you know, he has he's erudite about it and very committed yeah. and it's great. But it is a big like finding out that Danny Ings is leading the fight against malaria, and, and uh, but I also think uh, you know as 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 a sports person um, going into politics, it's better than Buster Mottram. Well, yeah, but you think, yes, of course. But you think what can football do? You know, they could take the other knee. One for racism, one for climate change. Yeah, and you know, pray. So the players are actually <laughs> kneeling down and with their rainbow laces undone to symbolise how far we still have to go. Yeah, you know, yeah. and. Um, you know, the the climate is is having an effect already on on sport. You know, the the typhoon that affected the Rugby World Cup, the Sochi Winter Olympics had to import snow, and apparently by 2050, flooding could affect half the league's grounds on an annual basis. It won't be affecting Oldham. We're up in the hills, and but we won't be know, in the league. And let's be positive. Good news for sailing. <laughs> now we're going to come back to that because it's a massive topic, and I think there's lots to talk about. Sure. And in a moment, we're going to have our guest. Today's guest is a wonderful comedian whose football credentials are impeccable. In fact, when I called him about coming onto the show, he was on his way to the London Stadium to watch Crystal Palace play West Ham. He's an excellent columnist, as well as being a brilliant broadcaster, with his triple pillars of the Mark Steele Lectures, the Mark Steele Solution and Mark Steele's in Town. Please welcome, unsurprisingly... (laughs) Mark Steele. <laughs> Thank you, good people. Thank you very much. I was, uh, Joe, when you were talking, uh, we were talking about the the Olympics and the pentathlon. And all oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is my favourite moment of the Olympics, and um, yeah, because I can watch any sport, absolutely anything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, indeed, listen to it. And so early one morning, while they were, it was going on in Japan, I was uh, driving about and I had the Olympic coverage on and they went to the trampoline in, right? And this this was brilliant because the, the, uh, the commentator, who's someone I've met a few times, was lovely, but she, and she was really nice because she said, look, I don't really know anything about trampoline. <laughs> and it was the woman, Bryony, someone or other, and she was uh, she got a bronze medal indeed. And I swear, right, I, I will do all of her commentary. This is the totality <laughs> of her commentary, she said. And so Bryony, just getting on the trampoline, now and then you heard (laughs) and then she went well that seemed to go quite well (laughs) (laughs) 
That's radio. <laughs> Can you imagine in the, de- in the days before television pictures? And, uh, we're going now to the Olympics in Rome. <laughs> so you could say anything, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I once um, uh, met Barry Davis, yeah. uh, who said that he'd been sent to the wrestling at some Olympics, I don't know where. And he said, so I commentated on the wrestling. I did as much research as I could. I didn't really know what was going on. And there was a Turkish bloke and a Bulgarian bloke or whatever. And then I sort of did the whole commentary. And about three days later, uh, I met someone who came in to talk about the wrestling or something. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, on your commentary, you've got the two competitors the wrong way round. <laughs> Completely the wrong. Oh, what? He could have said anything, yeah. couldn't he? <laughs> no one, no oh, one knew. No, no. I, that's one of the things I do love about the Olympics is there are, there are sports in which I have no idea if somebody's done well or badly. And then at yeah, the end, yeah. they'll go, well, that's a very disappointing performance. And I'm going thinking, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only learn about to, for the, for the yeah. few minutes that you're watching. But it's the same for the people who are commentating on it. They've only just learned about yeah. it half an hour well, before. And, 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 and even the boxing, because they only do three rounds, you've no real idea. It's all no, technical really. stuff. You know, if somebody isn't lying on the floor, I don't really know who's No, and even the then, it turns out that you get an extra point for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did actually hear Barry Davis. I think it was Barry Davis once when I was watching the Olympics say the words, and you have to say that's a critical moment in the history of Algerian judo. <laughs> well, there's that uh, Coleman balls, obviously, but there's that great the David Hemery gold medal. You know that one, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Hemery's got the gold. Azarenko's got the silver. And who cares who's got the bronze? Because <laughs> it's gold for Hemery. It's gold for Great Britain. And it was Sherwood of Great Britain who got the bronze. Also bronze for Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. And, and also he was Steve Sherwood, the Watford goalkeeper's brother. Yeah, Good Lord. I just brought it back to football yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, nursed. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. So um, we were going to, obviously there's always things to talk about with UEFA and FIFA. But let's start with Crystal Palace because I have to say... Um, I've been surprised, you know, in the way that I don't really know that much, but it's felt for years like the summer is full of just if we can hang on to Zaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And you think one one day they've got to stop relying on two or three players. But this season has been a revelation, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and they're really good. They are really good players. There's people like McCarthy and Joel Ward and that have been there for, or Ward's been there since before Palace were promoted which is eight, nine years ago now, and MacArthur since that season after. Uh, And they've been really good players. And I think think Odson will never be short of a cup of tea around Palace. I hope not anyway. He's a lovely, lovely... (laughs) But there is... um, He did get to a point where it was just like, no, the important thing is not to lose, no matter who we're playing, even if it's, oh, the other team's just putting out its pets. Okay, (laughs) but the important thing is not to lose. So we'll have like four at the back and then, Six more at the back, yeah. and uh, and then just you know because some of them kittens can be nippy, so just to fourteenth between fourteenth and seventeenth. Yeah, Dunn. well, we might well still be fourteenth yeah, yeah, and seventeenth yeah. under Vieira, yeah. but people are so I don't brilliant. You, you yeah, you both know this. The thing is with supporting a team that isn't one of the top teams is that the expectations for you get a few idiots but the expectations are, they're brilliant and I've actually been told off around Crystal Palace for two or three times by, by just for saying because uh, people go it's so brilliant it brilliant down there it's so exciting and then you go yeah just a oh, just a shame we made a couple of silly mistakes and giving away goals and yeah. not and then you get told off 
don't matter. <laughs> what do you want? What yeah. do you want? It's yeah. exciting. And I think that's brilliant. And yeah. the fact that we're, we've got the same number of points as we would have under Hodgson, but just in an exciting yeah. way. Yeah, it's to getting more, more points there. Oh, I, yeah. I, I went to see the, the game away, uh, Palace played away at Arsenal. Oh, and, right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they worked their way into that game. They yeah. were controlling that game. And it was like they, they were on top by the end until like 93 and a half minutes. And then yeah, they just no, went to pieces for a minute. Pieces yeah. for yeah. one minute. And in the, well, in that's the floor of football, equalizer. isn't it? Yeah. Well, well, if you go to pieces that, for yeah. one minute, yeah. Yeah. that seems to or, go very badly. Or five minutes for us <laughs> yeah. last Saturday when we conceded three goals. I think the Hodgson thing always reminds me because... You know, he's of an age that you can't really be too cross with him. And it's a bit like, you know, you, with your grandfather, or in my car case, probably our fathers, you know, they get in the map out and you're going, Dad, you know there's a sat-nav in this car, don't you? And they say, actually, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you, if that's the way you want to do it, you carry on. <laughs> yeah, I think the one that got it that was Palace against Fulham last season. And Fulham were really, really terrible at the, that time. And he set it up with just like eight at the back. And we didn't have a shot on goal in the whole match. And he was very, very pleased because it was nil-nil. And I think at that point, people thought, oh, Roy. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, oh, granddad. That's nice with the map. But we we are now sitting in a a river. (laughs) Just sit down and have a bit of a kick. And and, and I have to say, the phrase, oh, Gareth, comes to mind there. Oh, well, Uh, also, A player player that you had, um, who's also been accused of being too defence-minded, Gareth Southgate. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's excellent. Oh, let's say actually, sorry about all that. Because I, I, uh, I didn't speak to him at all, but... Last week, oh, this is very exciting, and this is lots of people <laughs> quite rightly excited about this. So, uh, this time last week, as we sit here, uh, I went. I was lucky to be invited to the opening of the Crystal Palace Academy, I and this was a know, brilliant, yeah. brilliant thing. So, this is a really exciting thing, and this is like the the board of Palace over the last ten years. I think great, they, they've rescued the club, and then this was their ambition more than anything else. You know, we get relegated one day or whatever, but we want to leave something, a bit of a legacy, you know, a bit like the Medici's or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. We want to leave a legacy. Yeah. Never mind a viaduct. We'll have a, a football academy. It's a legacy of cruelty and torture. <laughs> yeah, actually, with the yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, no, no, there's all that. Leaving that aside, leaving the torture buildings. aside, then a nice little building with a dome on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it swings and roundabouts, isn't yeah. it? Right, so... <laughs> It's a lot like St. James's Park, actually, now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah, we didn't joke about that, because there's a gallow gate end there, isn't yeah, there? Really? Yeah, yeah. We said that, that when they're showing it around. Yeah. Boy, you're late, that, your majesty. You're sick, and that's where we used to hang people in our yeah. lot. <laughs> but... Yeah, go on, you're that's, right. what, that's <laughs> your hobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so this academy thing, brilliant, brilliant thing. It's absolutely remarkable in, in Beckenham. Extraordinary, beautiful facilities and stuff. And it's all sort of... And Southgate was there to officially open it. He did a brilliant speech about, you know, this isn't just about football. This mm. is about the kids coming in and it's giving them a little bit of... Uh, making them feel wanted and all that. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And then there's Damien, Damien Delaney, who was a, a marvellous character for, for Palace in the centre of defence for a lot of these yeah, Premier yeah. League yeah, years. He uh, was a very, very sort of core... core Man, and he's very sort of, you know, I think he's very, uh, he's very sort of all, all like an old punk attitude to life, you know. And uh, and I, I was very odd. I was just talking to him in this massive dome thing that's been built, beautiful thing. And I was amazing, isn't it? And he said, oh, I'd fucking hate it if Roy was here. It's too posh for me. He said, I'd, he said I'd, be, I'd be scared to tackle anybody in case I spoiled the fucking grass. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, actually, so, sorry, no, speaking about the, the uh, Saudi thing, the Saudi takeover of... Yes. It was Palace, of course, that had that the anti-Saudi banner, yeah. wasn't it? The, yeah. uh, which actually had the word beheadings on it, which I thought yes. was going even it, further it than... It was fantastically sophisticated, yeah, wasn't and it? and that is apparently being borrowed, isn't it, by Brighton. Oh, is next it? Week. Yeah, Good yeah. Lord! Well, it's a breakthrough. So like, God, that bloody puts anything anybody ever does in the Middle East to... to oh, well, I was uh, going to say, you know, it's, 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 it's the equivalent of Camp David, isn't it? Yeah, Brighton and Palace working together. Eagle, Eagle Seagull Spanners. Accord. <laughs> An Eagle Seagull Accord. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, where, where I, I sit with my uh, lad... Uh, he, he spotted that, you know, with sort of in the front in that stand where all the nutcases are along about sort of thirty starts about thirty. All the moral gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but they're lovely. <laughs> I mean, nutcases are the most you know, yeah, affectionate yeah, yeah. way. And uh, he went, look, 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 and turned around, and there it was, this banner. And it was, you're right, it was very, very. It wasn't just some tatty, you know. If it was down to the yeah, left, yeah. it would be some tatty thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> with the words or with a cut with the yeah. Newcastle with yeah. spelt wrong. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would just be. You Arab fuckers. <laughs> exactly this is like that. the same. But with, with the, the R and S of fuckers would just be a little tiny because yeah. they hadn't got enough yeah. room for it. Yeah. But this was a magnificent yeah. work of art. And you're right, it had a, a sort of checklist of all the things that the, yeah. the, the the government did, beheadings, torture, executions and so on. And then, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was a... What, it, and they were under the fit and proper persons list. Under the fit list, and proper persons, it, yeah. exactly, yeah. It was, it, it's actually... The only bit of real dissent I've seen about the whole thing. You yeah. Know, you, get, you don't get players coming out about nothing, nobody saying anything, really. I mean, the papers are a bit. Well, yeah. But this was. Brent and Deck not said anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, building up. Yeah. They're, they're, they're obviously, you know, they've been, they're, they're gluing themselves to yes. slip roads of the M25 at the moment. They've yeah, got, well, their, exactly, got other yeah. things to do. Yes. I'm an but, infidel celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. It was. Uh, I mean, I, it's disappointed me. Our, our, there's been no dissent from no no discernible dissent yeah. from uh, Newcastle fans. Um, I think that's a shame. But I suppose that's testament to how much Mike Ashley was loved. That they just think, oh Christ, yeah, yeah. a bloody appalling dictatorship <laughs> has taken over our club. Yeah, it's, At it's, least he's also, not Mike Ashley. It's <laughs> also that the, the, the dream of the of the average football fan is what we need is a shake. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the dream. Yeah, you know, know. And, uh, yeah. they don't. It's not looking into what what a shake is or does. Well, no. it's, it's, it's very much the, the face. So. We can win stuff, and all you want is my soul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I know. It makes you realise if if, uh, if ISIS had been smart, instead of blowing things up, they'd have bought a series yeah. of Premier League yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, they'd have, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, I don't care about all the politics and all that. <laughs> and all, all the caliphate and what goes on out there. But, uh, but I think but they can get us a decent bloody midfielder, which yeah. is what we've been after. If we can get between 14th and 17th, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah I'll be happy. <laughs> I'll, I'll be yeah. happy. And, uh, we yeah, just, yeah, we just we just. <laughs> Just call them uh, Islamic State, not so-called Islamic yeah, yeah. State. No, that's what we call them. <laughs> oh God, there was one I I saw a letter from the Newcastle Supporters Trust, and it began Your Majestic Excellency. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, like something out of the bloody fifteenth century in a Tudor royal court. You. Fucking, you don't have to be that grovelling. What about just your excellency? Yeah, or, 
DMO. <laughs> oh, we are indeed honoured to have you here, all oh, great beheaded executiony people. I would yeah. gladly be executed by you if it had meant that we could get a draw against West Ham. And I if you I have mean, any plates and cups that need drying, <laughs> I'm your man. I don't, I, don't, I don't blame the Newcastle fans. I think, you know, this should have been stopped long before and at a high, higher level. Well, yeah, really. but the, the thing yeah, is, yeah. the whole fit and proper person thing that, that the Football League have and that the Premier League have. Have and, and the other sports have it, the thing is it's it's more or less unenforceable you know they can't they can't yeah, yeah. they can't block the only grounds on which they could block the the Newcastle thing was uh, whether the state was going to actually yeah. own the club and, the, and once they bypass that mm. there isn't actually yeah, by anything by changing the name to another changing name. the name of the country <laughs> yeah. yeah but no they, they, once they call themselves the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia and not Saudi Arabia, yeah, 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 exactly, even yeah. though it's the same people and it's the same yeah. money and blah blah blah. Yeah. Once they do that, then the fit and proper person yeah. thing is toothless. There's nothing they can do to stop. Yeah, but to yeah, be, it's to, just a, it's a business thing. It's it a straight business it investment. But to be fair, on you guys, you know, this is an age-old thing. You know, the bread and circuses. This has yeah. been going on for thousands of years. People are happy and don't think too much about politics if they're getting what. They think that they want, which is, you know, a successful team. I'm not just I'm not saying it makes it all right, and no. I'm not saying it wouldn't be lovely to hear some dissent, but you know, it's not that unlikely that, you know, your team no, no, would do no. the same. No, no, quite quite possibly. I don't think we and it's only luck that I happen to be sort of support a team that seems to be owned by people who've uh, got a very different attitude. He was one of the two was two Premier League spokesmen. Uh, chairs who spoke out against it. I can't remember who the other one was. Parish was one. Yes, but funnily enough, the top six spoke out against it. Right. In a, under a different for, forum, yes, so, so that was at, that was at the Premier League management meeting, I think. But the top six all sort of released. You know, we, we need to be looking at this. Well, because yeah. they're worried that Newcastle well, will want into the European well, Super League. Well, that's exactly that's <laughs> exactly why. Yes. You know, none of these things are motivated by morality. They're all motivated by well, money. Not in Steve Parrish's case. But actually, just you were talking about your new training ground, and I was just going to say, I love the sort of perspective on the. So, Nodes, Jordan, Parish. Yes. You know, that's been an incredible change, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a sort of a shift towards a much more liberal... Yeah. Yes, because Nodes and Jordan are, yeah, not the most, yeah, not the most yeah. liberal people. N- well, no, not at all. And, and, and must have been qu- quite frustrating to have. I mean, Nodes famously managed Crystal Palace for a bit. Yeah, he just decided to come in and, and manage the club and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, and he was, he so was completely... So I know, I know. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know. And at the time, of course, we were supporting him. But yeah, yeah. we had to... But I don't think, in our defence, I don't remember anybody ever writing Your Majestic Excellence. <laughs> no, no, no. Perhaps he'd still but, be there if he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, he set a precedent that maybe Mohammed Bill Salman is going to go, I'm picking the team this week. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes. would be fantastic. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and anyone who, uh, Mr. Mr. Sitter, then <laughs> disappeared for yes. several years. Well, yeah, yeah. But, uh, or foot off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was head, nobody's heading the ball. <laughs> no, 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 no. Management by bone saw. Is that? But no, Gary Neville did speak. I know you. You know, you referred to him as a. Um, 
Arsewipe, yeah. I think. Yes. Chris's yeah. <laughs> well, isn't he, isn't Gary Neville at the moment? I wasn't actually that. <laughs> I think Gary Neville is currently the official leader of the opposition in this country, isn't he? Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Well, he, he's uh, his view of the of the strength of his own speaking out on things. Yes. Has become has become a, quite an enormous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thing. I, I, yeah, yeah. And um, I like him. <laughs> I do a bit of his show actually, which I, uh, um, if I'm being indulgent enough, which is about uh, the about Gary Neville. That if you don't watch football at all or have mm. any interest in it, but you live with someone who does, you can watch him and Carragher. Yeah, uh, they just put a, they just get a great big bit of the of the game, yeah, yeah. and they just draw circles round people <laughs> with Gary Neville going. What I want to know is what's he doing there? He's not trying. He's lost his man, and the goalkeeper. He's not where he should be. And what's he doing? The referee. The the game. And let's have a look in the crowd. This fella's in seat B twenty one. He should be in F nineteen. What's he doing there? What do you think about it, Jim? Well, I'm saying to myself, what's he doing there? Exactly. What's he? Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night for another edition of What's He Doing There. They're the physical embodiment of hindsight, aren't they? Yeah, the yeah, but, but, yeah but brilliant. I love yeah, them. Yeah. I've got a thing where I say you should be, if when Attenborough retires, you should be going, uh, yeah. take over. I'm looking at this wildebeest and I'm saying to myself, what's he doing? Yeah, he's lost his herd. He's not trapped back. There's a lion there. <laughs> yeah. He's not He's not going to come into that area. The lion's yeah. going to see him. You know, he's going to cut him out straight away. the thing away. with the king of the jungle, you can't give him that much space. <laughs> he's got eaten. I've no sympathy. What's he <laughs> doing there? <laughs> yeah. Do you know famously they, they don't talk off stage? Neville and Carragher. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not. Fr- I'm they joking. Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the I'm doing the double act thing, <laughs> and you and your face was like really wow. Oh this is no! Huge. Sometimes I'm like me, me mum or something. Really, <laughs> might my mum's like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, She'll go, oh, are you doing any shows this week, dear? Yeah. And I can say anything. I'll go to Venus. Oh, well, I hope they're paying your travel. I got so yeah. and that's what I've just done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 where my 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 wife was. I actually gave up doing it on her after a bit because she would always fall for it. But my favourite was was that she believed me when I told her that in Holland, in your driving test, you don't have to do a hill start. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I would believe that. No, it makes sense when you think about so it. It makes make sense. sense. Say, but you do have to learn how to reverse out of a dike. <laughs> and drive while high. Do people yeah, yeah. say high anymore? No. I don't know. Yes, but now we have to try the, the reverse. Yeah. We reverse around the corner while we've had yes. some skunk, which is good. <laughs> yes. Many times people are coming here to Amsterdam to party. Partying is fine. But when you're driving the car... <laughs> I once got, uh, when I was about 22, I was in uh, Holland. This is the most hallucinogenic experience. I've never been, you know, it's never been my thing, particularly drugs. But they, uh, but I did at this occasion, I had this space cake at this the, the <laughs> famous Milkveg club. And I had this space cake. And the, the classic thing of having a bit of this space cake and then another, I thought this isn't making any difference, or another bit of space cake. And I thought, this is rubbish. And I remember looking up and thinking, that's a beautiful night. The stars are lovely and all that. And then about a minute later and thought, 
Hang on, I'm indoors. That shouldn't be stars. <laughs> and I was completely off, off me. <laughs> and I got a cab back. I remember where I was staying. And I got this cab back. And I thought I was doing, like, wh- however fast we were going, in my mind we were going about 20 times quicker. And I grabbed hold of the driver and said, can we go more slowly, please? Yeah. And I kept saying this. And he said, <laughs> but we are now doing maybe five, six kilometres an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we must have been crawling along. <laughs> and then we sort of turn a corner and go, ah! <laughs> like James Bond's driving. <laughs> Just a quick one on... on UEFA and FIFA, and so the general state of the game. And also, you know, we were talking about about um, global warming and all that sort of stuff, but they just want more and more and more and more games. And it's, it's just, it's unfathomable. It is unfathomable. And I think what I, this is a thing that I think is, that I worry about. If you've sort of, well, you must have both watched sport in America. Mm-hmm. And what struck me was one a couple of times when I've watched sport in America, is that the uh, is that the result is secondary to the spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is something that's very, very peculiar if you're used to watching sport in uh, not in America. So you know, if you go to the baseball, it's a great spectacle. There's loads of things that are brilliant. The food and there was I remember yeah, yeah. I went when my daughter was quite young and there was a big Coca Cola bottle thing that was a slide in, the, in yeah, San yeah, Francisco yeah, yeah. and she just went on that 40 times while <laughs> yeah, me, and, yeah. me and her brother were watching the game and stuff yeah, so yeah. it's great all that's great but the game it's almost incidental and then they go uh, oh, the seventh inning stretch and hey if the camera sees you don't forget to what yeah. and I thought would well, that no, but the result doesn't seem to matter here. And if you're doing that in the crowd, all right, at the start or something, imagine if it's 10 minutes from the end of a Premier League game, it's one all and it's yeah. all tense. Well, and then, oh, the wave. game won't take off over that. They can't, because they, they can't also cope with the idea that the final result might be a draw. Yeah, you might play yeah. for a draw. But, but I mean, my... what you're saying is what I feel about when I watch the 100. I think mm. you watch the hundred, and yes. you're all forever looking yes. at people in the crowd. Yes, the, the, you can't remember the result twenty minutes after exactly, it's exactly. No, I agree, and I think, but I think that there's a sort of sense of we can make sport bigger by making it like that. So it's just a spectacle, and the result, well, well this way, that way, but whatever. It, exactly, and by, and by multiplying the amount of teams in European competition, you are making a lot of the games have no meaning whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And when you say about what would happen, what would happen if five minutes from the end of a crucial game, everybody had to stop and look at the television, that's VAR for you. That's exactly yeah. what can happen. Yeah. You know, so that, that's depressing. But it's like, yeah. it's like in America, yes. they try to anaesthetise the, the, <clears throat> you from, the, from the, the pain of a defeat by making this, you know, even if you lose, there's the spectacle, yeah. there's the bloke going down the aisle with like a sort of petrol pump of beer that will yeah. fill, with, on a backpack that yeah. will fill you up. You know, yeah. there's, there's, really there's always got, something else. To, it's like it's, to take away if whatever. If you're 1-0 down and you're pressing for a go, you know, or if it's the cricket and there's five overs left on you, you know, or whatever, and you're the last batter's in and all that, do you, and someone comes around with a petrol pump of beer, the, the only possible decent response is, Fuck off, mate. Yeah. Well, like Not the, now. Like the, Not uh, now. The girl at the end someone... of the um, the Nations League final just the other week, that, we, that where they, the camera picked out this girl 
chewing on a Spain flag and it was injury time and Spain were losing to France and mm. the camera pick, pick, picked her up in a big close-up because it found a pretty girl, you know. Yeah. And what she's supposed to do is see herself on the screen and wave up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what she did was she saw she was on the screen, looked at the camera and stuck two fingers up. <laughs> oh, there. bless right. that. Well, just, bless the... Just, you know, big up out of my face. There's yes. a minute to go. Yeah, Distressed yeah, yeah, yeah. Spanish lady. Yeah, so I think what we're saying... Just, I, I'm going to try and summarise. I'm not saying that this is definitely what we all agree on. So basically... No VAR, lots of people sticking two fingers up at a camera. Yes. That's what we want. Well, VAR is probably a slightly different issue well, because, I so, but yeah. because I, I, well, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't know where I'm at. What are you completely and utterly well, against it? I, I, I just, um, I think what it tries to do is it tries to make an absolute science out of a game that relies on error. You know, that that's the, you know, unforced human error. The ball is round. These are all the things that actually bring excitement into it. And so part of that excitement is being frustrated because you think that decision was wrong, but accepting it from the referee. By doing this, you're saying we can definitively say what happens during the game. But that is, that's the only reason I'm... Yeah, I sort it's of agree with you. Not I to think. flip-flop on it. If, you, if you're watching a game and Ronaldo scores a really good goal and then it gets... VAR. Oh yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good thing. Obviously. Then, then it, for that moment, you're really enjoying VAR. <laughs> you know? And then when I something think else, if happens, a goal's good enough, it ought to stand, even if it was illegal. Headers, well, volleys, and dead good goals. Exactly. That that was the rule of three and in, wasn't it? It had to be a header, a volley, or a dead good, <laughs> or goal. A dead good goal. And you know, when you were eight, you had no doubt the difference between a dead good goal and one that was slightly worse than a dead good goal. Yeah, yeah everybody had to go. No, that wasn't. Have you good ever? Goal. I have. I, you know, I'm not trying to claim any great moral authority, but there have been times when I've uh, watched Palace and we've conceded a goal and then it's gone to VAR and there's been a bit of me thought oh don't disallow this that just sort of makes a mockery of it and of course there's a couple of times that it has been disallowed and of course I've been really I'm I'm but I'm conflicted because I think, oh, really, was there a push? It sort of makes a mockery of it. When it gets colder, breath will be visible. <laughs> you know, and it's going to happen, you know. That's where so, the so line is. We're going over to uh, Stockley Park and we're going to decide, we've got a philosopher in, whether, whether breath is, in fact, part of the person. Because breath, of course, will have DNA in it. Yeah. You know, let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. So, therefore, the breath is definitely has an advantage. Yes, how can we say whether the breath did not have impact upon the game yeah, and the right. defense? Possibly they had yeah. to uh, withstand something yeah. of the uh, change in the air current. Of course. And, and you know, if you do not want to be offside with your breath, you must hold your breath. <laughs> it's very simple. Why do you not train players? <laughs> and if you're breathing in the line of sight of the goalkeeper as well, you know, the chance that that cloud will yeah. just obscure yeah, his vision. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Affect the temperature and so yeah. on and yeah, yeah, disorientate yeah, yeah. the ball. So man. as you hit the ball, breathing in is a good yeah. thing because it both takes your chest out and the breath isn't coming in. Yes, your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Or, it would have been bad for Jeff Hurst, wouldn't it? With yeah, his, it would be terrible his, for Jeff Hurst. His puffer style. Old, old Jeff Puffer Hurst, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and actually, to take it to its logical conclusion, aqualung. Players yeah, should have an aqualung. Yeah. That way the breath isn't going to come out. It's yes. contained, isn't it? It's contained. It's caned, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also how long do, and the build-up, a foul in the build-up. Well, we've looked back. We've looked back yeah. to last October, and the uh, actually the 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 striker that that caused the run that would took away one of the defenders really went into a bus lane in Streatham, yeah, exactly. and well, so see, really shouldn't is, have been on the pitch. I still think, though, if that happens to Aspilicueta, it's funny. 
Yeah. And so it should be allowed to... And, and, just to <laughs> yes. wrap up on the bus lane thing, uh, as a final thought, because it just came back in my head, and you know this story. Yeah. Do you know the story about Carlton Palmer signing for Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> oh, right. So yeah. Carlton Palmer's at West Brom, and, uh, and, and Ron Atkins at Sheffield Wednesday, he buys him, and, and the last week he's at West Brom, the big story's over the break, because he's been caught drink driving. Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, he's been, yeah, he's yeah. been yeah. banned from driving. Banned from driving. Anyway, f- first day, Ron pulls up in his Bentley or rover or whatever he has and 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 who pulls up next to him there's carlton palmer in his car and he goes ron gets out and he goes carlton 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 you know you're you're banned from driving and he goes no boss that was at west brom Just fantastic. <laughs> Talk about living in a bubble. Anyway, we all definitely live in a bubble. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please tell your friends. Please rate the show. Please write reviews. Or just don't do that if you want. Thank you so much to Mark Steele. Inspiring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The, the Napoleon Bonaparte of podcasts. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's us. GreatBigOwl.com Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.